When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We're always calling uh, teams and, and getting their, their, their thoughts and, hey, we might be thinking about this at this. It's, 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 it's a big nested if loop thing we got going on and every GM's involved and we've had some great conversations. They've had some great conversations with us. Ultimately, we're ready to do whatever is presented to us. If you stand and pick at 12, we're going to do it and we're going to do it the best that we can for this organization. And if it's not that, we'll do something different. I'll tell you what, if you thought Rick Spielman worked hard to avoid saying anything to the media in his traditional Tuesday pre-draft <laughs> press conference. I think I think our guy, Quasi Adolfa Mensah, might have topped even Rick Spiel. He said a couple things we'll get into, but uh, nice job by Quasi, not giving away any. You know, he hit on all the classics, right? Not going to give away any information, but, hey, our phones have been busy. We've been calling. Some teams have been calling us. But he had to be asked. We could move back. We could stand pat. You never know. He had to be. Rick always prefaced in the opening, the phone is ringing. We're open for business. Like, that was part of his uh, his preamble, right? In fact, fact, sorry, guys. Hold on a second. I'm getting a call right now from an AFC general manager. Just uh, give me a second, right? Can't tell you who it is. Can't tell you what it's about. (laughs) AFC West. But I can't can't tell you. Can't tell you who it is. But. uh, um, so, all right, Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment Therapy Speculation. We will be live on the Score North YouTube channel for some Wolves Game 5 event line. We will be live at Surly Brewing Company for a special Purple Daily Surly Draft Party on Thursday night. So, all kinds of things happening this week. But, I th- all right, to me, the, you know, he didn't say a whole lot of truly relevant, interesting things because I mean, the, the point of these press conferences is mostly just like, ah, if you want to say something to, you know, if you want to send a message to the other general managers, you can. Otherwise, you don't have to. But he said, there's no amount of seventh-round picks that will equal the value of the first pick when he was asked about whether he believes in volume of players or impact players. Yeah. And he might as well have been closed circuit staring right into Rick Spielman's living room in South Florida when he said that, right? So I don't think you're going to see the Vikings, maybe I'm wrong here, trading back eight times to stockpile sixth and seventh round picks in this draft or any draft that Quasi oversees. One thing I love about sports and especially when there is change made and especially when there are obvious things that the former executive or coach did that drove people crazy is it always gets exaggerated. So, cause like Rick did, he traded back and it drove people nuts. And you know what? It drove me nuts at times 
But don't you like how now it's it's uh, there's no amount of last round draft picks that can equal a first round pick? Like the exaggeration well, there is but, awesome. But dude, in two thousand, so last year the Vikings actually did not have a seventh round pick. I think they might have traded. So that so they they did not pick in the seventh round last year. Yeah. But in two thousand twenty and two thousand nineteen, they had eight combined seventh round picks and five additional sixth round picks. So th- they have, they drafted. 13 players between 2019 and 20 yes. after the fifth round. Yes. Now, some of those guys have had some, there's been some playing time in there. I mean, Ole Udo was your starting right guard, and Armand Watts has been a contributor on the interior. I mean, Judd's guy, Chris Boyd, Ola B.C. Johnson had a you know, nice little run there for a minute. So there's been like some some useful guys, but in general, yeah, I think uh, the more you can stockpile first, second, third round picks, however Damn. you go about that, that's, that's the best part. And I am all for taking shots. I am all for the crazy. Bring it on, baby. I love it. I love taking shots. Taking shots is great. From the podium, too. Um, What did you... The other thing that struck me was just how, you know, he was asked probably three or four different variations of questions about his philosophy on something. How much of a risk taker are you? Or what, what do you believe about this? And he bristled more and more at every question that was about his beliefs. And he would mm-hmm. twist it to, listen, it's not about me. This is a we thing. And he said, Kevin O'Connell, our head coach, always bristles when, when people say I instead of we. And, and I, I, I love that, too. I, I actually think that's something that kind of drives me nuts when you're in a team setting and people say I, I, I instead of we, we, we. But, yes. uh, but he, he truly is trying to take... Not not in like a scared way, but I think he's trying to take this spotlight off of him and say, no, I am just sort of the organizer of ideas and collaboration here for a lot of smart people that are in this room. You know, not that Rick was always a me, me, I, I guy because he used the word we too. But I think I think Rick really basked in the draft is my thing. This is what I like. I have systems and processes and analytics and a big magical draft board that goes, you know, four walls in a conference room. And I, I almost feel like Quasey, it's not that he's uncomfortable in the spotlight, but he just like he doesn't he doesn't want this to be the Quasey show, if that makes sense. This is the one thing that stood out to me about that press conference uh that I actually thought was intriguing. And it's not necessarily any direct thing that he, he said, but it brings up a question in my mind, and it's this. Collaboration is awesome. It's well and good until you have to make a split second decision. And there and there are times where you have to decide things. Like there is no there's not time to go talk to Larry and Johnny and Ralph and Cheryl and 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 Susie. You well, have Ra- to, Ralph and Susie, I, I would definitely want their opinions. You have to make a decision. And I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an example, and this is why only time will be the answer to my point here. Rocco Baldelli in game, in game, I think, really struggles. I think he needs help. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's why Derek Shelton was good. Uh I'm guessing b- before uh Bell tragically passed that he he helped. And it's why Jace Tingler, who managed, is right by him because there are things about in game where I think Rocco relies on collaboration, which at times is fantastic, but at times you have to be the one to say, uh, guys and gals, this is what we're going to do. This is our decision. And we're all on board here. Correct. So that's my question off of, because 
what Quasi is saying as a fundamental philosophy of life, I think is fine. Like, I, I think that actually works because it makes people feel involved. It sounds like he does that, which again, that's fine too. But I guess my long-term question off of how he phrased things, and, and I think it was Joe Schmidt who twice asked questions about what do you do? And you're right. He sort of got his, he sort of got his back up a little bit. He did. Um, yeah. I guess my question is, okay, when it's draft night, you know, and you have to, and like, it is time to make a decision. And, and Ted is saying this and Cheryl is saying that and Susie, damn it. She's saying something else. <laughs> Quasi has to be the guy to say, okay, thanks. Here's what we're doing. Well, one, one of, uh, one of the questions, and I, I'm not going to like call out the media member. One, one of the questions was, it was kind of a cliche, you know, how much of a risk taker are you in the draft? You know, what do you, how do you handle players with sure. character issues? And character issues is such a huge cliche bin in NFL draft conversation. Because what does it mean? There's the weed guy, I guess. He, so, so who are all the different character issue profiles, right? There's weed guy. Rap there's guy. rap. There's yeah. There's rap sheet guy. Rap, rap sheet guy worries John. But there's also like <laughs> doesn't really care about football as much as he should. Guy is in character yep. issues. Guy, that's, right? That's a good one. Love Maybe it, yeah. there's doesn't play through pain guy. You know, there's like five or six different guys that could be in the character issues bin. I and that. I like that Quasey, he didn't just answer a question. He he said, he bristled and he goes, I don't like when, when people just say character issues. I, I, I need more specificity. I need, I need you to be more specific about yep. what is the character issue. He goes, we're talking about 20 and 21 year old kids. We're not fully formed adults. Right. So there might be, a, okay, if you, if you shot somebody, like maybe you're, right. maybe you're not on our draft board. Well, okay, if you're if you're if you disappeared and you're a little aloof and you're a little immature, like okay, we can maybe we can work with that. I, I think he was asked that question because part of of Rick's uh, platform in this same press conference every year was we've red dotted sixteen guys, which <laughs> basically did. means they that. killed their families. Maybe <laughs> uh, they drove the wrong way and killed uh, uh, you know six people. Jesus, John. <laughs> But I'm serious. Like Rick was like, we'd read, we read dotted guys, but he never told you why. So like, you didn't know what they did. Um, and I think that's why he was asked that question about, but you are correct. Like, like, I guess the question is, cause like we got, who cares, right? Like now really who cares, but to what you're saying, Phil, and where I guess you could boil it down. I think what the question was, was getting at was Rick really whiffed hard on Jeff Gladney. You know, he turned out to be, a, I think, a bad guy. So I guess that was the question. But you're right. Like, character is just such a generic term. Yeah. So, all right. So that was that's kind of recapping the, the Quasi pre-draft press conference there. This is Pecking Order Tuesday. And later in the show, we will also have, fingers crossed, a Randy in Cottage Grove seven-round Vikings mock draft. So I think hopefully he has overcome the trials and tribulations of his attempt at a mock draft last week where I think he had the same player going like three different times under two or three different names. And then it threw the whole draft off. And then he just hung up. Yeah, was, so are we going to get now? Now, do we know guys, are we going to get just the, just the Vikings picks? Cause, cause like there's always confusion then. And then he gets mad. I would like him us. to give the Vikings picks. I mean, we don't have all day, so. Right. Well, I was, I, the Vikings picks are the priority here. So. I think we'll you start going. out by telling him what we want. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. No, I'll lay expectations out. Yeah, but then sure. he'll get like flustered and. Confused. Well, I need you guys to stand behind me, okay? Sometimes you guys think that I'm too mean to him, if, if and then you side with him, and it's like, well, now I'm I'm just trying to keep the ship going forward here and not hit an iceberg. So, anyhow, collaboration Tuesday, Phil. Uh, it's collaboration Tuesday, and it's pecking order Tuesday mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I'm Mackie and Judd. And Judd Zolgad has brought to the table the five best and worst Vikings first-round picks since 2000. And I'll tell you what, this pecking order is presented by a new partner of ours. Let's give him a round of applause. Underdog Fantasy is a new partner of ours here before we get into this pecking order. So all three of us have been dabbling. And, yes, it is so easy to use the Underdog Fantasy app and the underdogfantasy.com website, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports and get a sweat on games tonight or in the future. It's so easy to use that Judd is using it. I mean, Declan think about showed that. Me. Yeah. Declan showed me. It didn't take long, Dex. Other duties as assigned, helping Judd Zolgad with apps. That, 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 that helps. Uh-huh, he and, 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 Judd, and Judd won some money last night. Look at you, man. Yeah. I was trying to get a hold of Declan for like an hour because we had to send some uh, like some data and analytics to one of our bosses. And Declan's like, I'm sorry. I've been teaching Judd how to log into an app for like 90 minutes here. But I'm glad that we we got you covered take, now. It didn't take that long. It was actually <laughs> very simple. I'm in. And, yes, I won last night on the NBA. So, yeah. God knows when it comes to oh. football and hockey. I might be a rich man. So Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a fantasy team in minutes for games tonight or for the season across multiple different sports. Tonight, for instance, uh, there's a big basketball game that uh, you know you might want to pick some players for. You can also play pick'em games like over-unders and such. Sign up now with the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you deposit $10 or more. Uh, we are pumped about this partnership, and it's been a blast, all of us playing in the last couple <laughs> days. So uh, promo code SCORE so you can let them know that we sent you along. Judd, are you ready for football? You're packing yeah, Judd, yeah, you got you to you take yourself out of the underdog fantasy app yeah. here. and uh, Over-unders. Yeah, no, we got to. For tonight's game. All right. Okay. I'm going uh, over on a couple of those. Yeah, ants I, I have some overs, by the way. I have some overs. Ready? So, some them. overs, baby. Thanks a lot, guys. I was trying. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the Vikings' five best and five worst first-round picks since 2000. I'm going to ask you, as part of Collaboration Tuesday, you want me to start with the best or the worst? I think we start with the best. Start let's, the best. Let's, let's, let's go with the mm-hmm. good news here, okay? okay. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. The best. Five picks since the year 2000. For your Vikings, we will start at five and work our way up. Number five on the list. 2013. A draft that had, I believe, three first-round picks in it for the Vikings. But the fifth best pick since 2000 at number 25, Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. And by the way, I thought that to me that this, this part of the list came pretty easily. So, like, this didn't take a lot of internal debate personally. So, I'm curious if you guys agree or disagree mm-hmm. with, with my top five. Number four, the 22nd pick in the 2009 draft. The weed guy. The weed guy fell. This is 
In my time covering the team, I have never been as certain that the Vikings would take a guy if he fell to them as I was in this case, because at number 22, the Vikings took Percy Harvin, who then obviously played an instrumental role in the Brett Favre season of getting to the NFC championship game. That's an interesting one. I almost feel like, and I, I we'll see what the rest of your list is, but it was a good pick. I'm glad they made the pick. It also feels like his career as a Viking was sort of incomplete. You know, that I agree with that. He, he could have been so much more, and he was valuable, and he, mm-hmm. he did help them win a bunch of games in 2009, especially. Mm-hmm. But he also might have been like five or eight years ahead of his time as a player, right? I mean, he's he was Debo Samuel before Debo Samuel. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he, he fell to them so far, and, and without being a character slash weed guy, he's what, Phil, a top five pick? Probably, yeah. So... So he's at four on my list. At number three, a draft pick that the Vikings actually intentionally or not, we still don't know, screwed up, but got the best player that they possibly could. 2003, ninth overall pick, Kevin Williams. Borderline, he's not, but he is a, in my opinion, borderline Hall of Fame player. Uh, He did things as a defensive tackle that, that are now commonplace that at that time we didn't see much of. So he is third on my list. Yeah, one of the more, just because of his position and because his personality was so understated, Yep, he wasn't a wallflower because I think when he needed to say something in the locker room, he, I mean, he was always available as a team leader, but he just, one of the more underrated and underappreciated Vikings for a few different reasons. Yep, and at his best, a dominant player. So he's third. Number two on my list. And this one, this is probably debatable, but it's a work in progress, and I think the first one makes sense. But number two on my list, 2020, first first-round pick for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson. I actually debated briefly putting Jefferson third and, and Williams second, hmm. but Jefferson's just been so good I so think quickly. By the time it's all said and done. He's going to be number one by the time it's all said. Yeah, I agree. On this, well, at least on on this list as of now. Yep. But number one for now on this list fell to the seventh pick of the 2007 draft. And and in retrospect, no matter how we feel about him, I think put together, although he won't go away now, a Hall of Fame career, Adrian Peterson. Peterson, I think, is one right now. And you're right. Long-term, Jefferson might be it, but I think AP right now has to be atop that list. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. So Peterson, JJ, Kevin Williams, Percy Harvin, Xavier Rhodes. Who was just off the list? Any... Any honorable mentions in there for you? I mean, Bryant McKinney was a first-round... Was he mm-hmm. in the... Was he in the 2000s, in the 2000s wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes, hmm. he was. And, yeah, he was... Um, there, there were more guys in contention to get on the worst list than the best list. The first round has not been sense. kind to the Vikings outside of a few here and there in the last, like, eight years. It's yes. been kind of rough. I, to me, those five were pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really struggle. I, I had a little bit of internal debate on how to rank them, but I thought as far as the top five goes that they were the top five. I like it. I like it. Okay, now this is this is probably the one that you've, had the most fun stockpiling here, which is the whiffs, the top five 
biggest whiff since 2000 in the first round. This game... It's quite a few of them. This came with a lot of debate, internal debate. As I chugged my Surleys last night, I had great internal debate about how this list fell, and I am open to the fact that I think that there will be flat-out disagreement. Oh, boy. All right, let's do it. All right, number five on this list, the 18th pick of the 2019 draft, Garrett Bradbury. Wow. wow. Garrett okay. Bradbury. Okay. Now, now – It's hard to argue this. I know, but this, I know, but here's but here's the problem. You're going to, as I go through this, realize I left at least two, if not three, guys off that probably deserve it. So, uh, Garrett Bradbury, I, I just decided the body of work is is pretty substantial, and it's pretty damn bad. So I put him fifth. Mm. Number four could be higher, but I don't think so. The 23rd pick of the 2016 draft, Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. He's fourth. Now, again, yeah. I know, but that's wait a big whiff. Keep, yeah, no, it's a big whiff. I keep going because he would be, he would oh, be, I oh. think, easily second on lots of lists. Like lots of teams might have him as their second, if not first, worst pick since 2000. Laquantasaurus Rex. Yeah. Didn't he have, like, he had, like, two or three nicknames coming out of college, right? L- yeah. Laquantasaurus Rex, and there's another one in Lo- there, Loved running up those steps at Mankato. Lo- love love going up those steps. Drove Zimmer crazy. Yeah. He works on what he's good at. Drove Mike <laughs> up the wall. And in this case, I think Mike I, was probably I was right. told, too, like, behind the scenes that he was the kind of guy that, like, if you ripped him in practice, like, they had to, like, always be coddling him. Like, they had to always be like, Laquan, no, we love you and believe in you. Like, he would get incredibly down on himself. Like incredibly down on himself to the point where he had to be basically babied and put his like pat on the back and say everything's going to be okay. See, I think that's uh, you know Pat talked about that with Carl Anthony Towns on rapping with Royce today. That's like, the, and I know it's cliche to say this generation of athletes, but there are it's not everyone, but you know there's it's sort of the AAU generation of your you've got social media validation coming in your whole life and everyone's. Everyone knows how big of a star you can be when you're 12, and then all of a sudden you get to the NFL and or the NBA, and life slaps you in the face. And it's weird. It's you haven't had to deal with that before. And what's <laughs> weird too is Treadwell was such a flop that like you you think that's by by year two or so he'd be used to it, right? Right. Yeah. Like Cat Cat's been a star his whole life, so like I almost sort of get Cat, but it's like Laquan, you start to suck. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Bradbury, Treadwell. Yep, right. number three, by the way, three and two from the same draft. So oh. I think you you know exactly oh. where I'm going. Number three, 2005, 18th pick, oh. Erasmus James. Oh. oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, I, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves three. He was going to be the guy that was going to give the Vikings, you know, finally the pass-rushing presence dude. from the right end right like he was going to be the guy that was going to get to the quarterback marvelous big 10 career at wisconsin and i mean he was he is the definition of a bust he didn't like football he didn't turn out to be that good he couldn't I'll, handle it i'll tell you the honorable mentions are stacking up here because i know, who, I, know I now know who your yeah, number two know. and number one are going to be yeah. and the honorable mentions. Know, right. that's like my point Gosh. that's my point it's almost fun to do a top five 
because I think we can debate who probably should be on this list much more so. Because a top 10 would be simple. Like a top 10, easy. But like, you're right, like a top five now, this is going to be, this is going to be fun. All right, number two. uh, Number two could have been one, but I don't think he's one because one is such a bust. Number two, seventh overall pick, the Randy Moss pick back from Oakland 2005, Troy the Hands Williamson. Dude, imagine him not being number one. I know. And and you're right about this. Like you're not you're not wrong in your ranking, but imagine right, but him feels, not being wrong. number one. Then why does it feel so wrong? He literally went to he didn't he get like Nike contacts or something, or he went to some Nike training the Nike thing. Nike Vision Camp. Nike Vision Oregon, Camp. Because he was they decided he wasn't they decided he couldn't hang on to the football because he needed help tracking the ball. And they worked with him on his vision. Did he go to that vision camp before or after the ball hit him in the face against... Well, it actually happened twice. The ball hit him in the face in Green Bay on a Thursday night. And the ball hit him in the face once or twice against Denver. That Denver game was his last game as a Viking. Okay. You know, the, okay, the, the, the meme that people put out on the internet is him wide open down the field and the ball just like bouncing Rugby. off his chest, right? But what people forget about that game is... He came back in later on like a third and eight or a third and ten and flashed wide open on a slant. Yeah. Like no, yes. like it was a busted coverage. <laughs> and the ball rifled right off his chest. And he just walked back to the sidelines, and that was it, man. That was it. And now I think he's made a career out of being a motivational speaker yeah. and so credit Matt to him. But yeah. He's Matt Foley. <laughs> I'm a receiver. <laughs> You're oh, not gonna amount to anything. <laughs> Um, yes, and the Denver game was his last game. I believe also the two passes in that game that you're discussing, Phil, I think, and I'm not joking here, God rest his soul, I think they might have been the two greatest passes as a Viking Tavares threw. Just bullets, yeah. man. Just bullets dimes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Just, okay, just side podcast episode at some point. Does T-Jack's career pan out differently if he builds more confidence connecting on those throws to Troy Williamson? Did Troy Williamson ruin Tavares Jackson's confidence and career? The deep ball, My the, column. The, the deep ball he threw that went off Troy's face mask was just a perfect throw. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, and, the, and the number one ranking on this list is going to be presented by our friends at Valley Park Medical Clinic. Because we're talking about dudes with performance issues, football-related. If you have performance issues in the bedroom, Valley Park is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. All right, Their approach is medical. You meet with a medical provider who's going to review your entire medical history, examine you, and supervise your treatments, which are going to be surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. If you want to find out more about this highly trained team that works with you in a discreet manner, go to valleyparkmedicalclinic.com, valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. Back to Judd. Speaking of, back to Judd. Yeah, 52. Let's let's be honest here. All right, number one on the list. It has to be. Like, this list was so difficult. This part was so tough. But anyway, yeah, that's right, 12th. Overall pick, 2011. The man that was going to solve Rick Spielman's problems. The young quarterback that Rick thought was going to be his guy. The guy that Trent Dilford destroyed the day 
after, and I think the night of the draft, young Christian Ponder is number one. So Ponder, Williamson, Erasmus, James, Laquan, Treadwell, and Garrett Bradbury. Okay, thoughts, because Phil, you nailed it. Leaving guys off this was excruciating. Yeah, I've got thoughts on both lists, and we do have to get to our guy Randy in Cottage Grove here. He is uh, ready to rock with his Ooh, nice. with his mock, but um, I think I think you mostly nailed the list here. I would say a couple honorable mentions for sneaky good Vikings first round picks. Chris Hovan was really good for like six or seven years. Yeah. I don't know. I I might bump Percy Harvin because I don't know that he lived up to potential, but uh, Chris Hovan was was rock solid. And Michael Bennett had a couple thousand yard seasons. I think he had two thousand yard seasons, didn't he? As a starting running back, so he was a, he was a pretty solid first round pick. Matt Khalil, the guy on on, on the the five worst, like Matt Khalil had a great first season and then was a disaster afterwards. Injuries yes. were in play there. Yeah, uh, Chad Chad Greenway. Chad Greenway was a first-round pick in 2006. I feel like mm-hmm. I might swap Percy Harvin or Xavier Rhodes for Chad Greenway, but Harrison. You know, we could fight on that. Yeah, Harris wasn't Harrison Smith a first, or was he a second-round pick? No, no first-round pick. First round and, pick. And of the Damn, first man, he's a freaking Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would have had him on mine. Yeah, I got to put Harrison Smith on here. Harrison Smith, uh, what year was he drafted? 2000. They traded back in to get him. 2012. Yeah. Yeah, 2012. I, I would probably put Harrison Smith instead of Percy Harvin on here, and I might put Matt Khalil. Yeah, instead. that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who you bump on the bad list. The bad list, I can't, I can't I, bump You can't bump guys. anyone. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, Smith, Smith is a good choice. I um, Percy, to me, I, I put him on in part, though, because he played such an instrumental role on that 2009 team going to the conference title game. But, yeah, but Ro- I loved Rhodes, so – because he was for that that time period with uh, Mike, especially a shutdown guy. But yeah, Smith, I could. Yeah, I guess I would. Let's let's. Sorry, Percy. Percy. Yeah. It was a good run for Percy, but he was not even the best wide receiver on the 2019. That was Sidney Rice, and then his career yep. got kind of topsy turvy after that. So I see what you're doing there with Percy. Mm-hmm. I think Harrison Smith's got to be above Percy. The worst list is I. I am. That's football. I mean, no, Hughes, Gladney, Cordero. Yeah. Actually, Percy Street. was the freaking rookie of the year, too. He was rookie. Yeah, he was great. He was awesome, man. man. He, so. he was Debo before Cord- Debo. Yeah. yeah. So there it is. That's Judd's packing order of the five best and worst first-round picks since 2000 for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, we got to collect ourselves here and then see if we can connect without problems to our guy Randy in Cottage Grove. <laughs> Points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah, dudes. Yes, I, I like I like it because it's draft week, boys. Let's fire this thing up, Mackie and Judd. We got our guy Randy in Cottage Grove. You can follow him on Twitter at randyvikes69, and he is the most passionate Vikings fan we know. And he has correctly identified over the past I don't know three or four draft seasons, Mike Hughes. Justin Jefferson and Janarius Robinson. Wow. So if you're looking for a guy who is a dialed J-Rob. in J Rob. That's what they that's what we call him. Who's we? People who 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 give a damn, who love the Vikes. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, welcome Football. to the show. Listen, uh, 
you know, before we get so ultimately what we what we want from you as we as we get it every year is we want your seven round Vikings mock, and we'll get to that here shortly. But you know, a lot of people just kind of wondering, maybe a little bit worried about you from last week. You jumped on and you were going to give your uh, your your first round mock at least up through the Vikings pick, and it kind of went sideways there. I think you might have had Sauce Gardner in there about two or three times, and then and then you refused to give the Vikings pick at twelve, and I don't know, just. Have you had some time to reflect on uh, what happened there, Andy? Well, uh, in that particular um, moment, I I realized that, that someone had slipped in the, uh, my board, and I didn't really like the idea of that guy getting uh, on the radar of other uh, other squads, other mm-hmm. other front offices. And mm-hmm. um, I went ahead and bottled it up, and I I'll I'll stand by that. And and if he does end up slipping in the draft. And goes to us. You can thank me. Okay, who who is that player? I mean, we're listen. We're like what three days away from the draft here, so two days. Gentleman, gentleman who plays. A, he's an edge guy. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, he plays for Georgia. You figure it out. Okay, 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 Whoa. okay. Whoa. Right, we see, we go. see, I, I had a feeling this was going to get nasty right away. I don't think I don't think he's going to fall. By the by, by the way, but uh, but if he does, that's all right. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, a lot of people think that he's going to go number one overall now. Peter Peter Schrager sort of uh, he broke the news that the Jaguars are looking at him number one overall. Well, I, as you've seen in the past, Schrager knows knows a thing knows where to look for his information. Schrager. Yeah, he did plagiarize your mock draft a few years ago. Yeah. Accusations, and then you guys fought with each other on Twitter. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah you know, it's just the he's the kind of guy who. Doesn't want to do the, the work himself. Likes to likes to kind of sniff around the internet at, at the Twitter uh, and find people who who put in the time. Like like in the mocking community, we're not on TV like him. You know, we we use the, we use the extra time to 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 make make big moves. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of on TV now. I mean, this is on the Score North YouTube channel, and a large chunk of people do. So technically, Randy, congratulations. You are mocking. I want to mock. Mock. You are mocking on TV right now. Well, let's. Uh, okay, you want the whole. You want to go a full seven, yeah. Full. Well, not, not like a full seven. We just want the Vikings. The Vikings seven round mock here. Okay, we. You know we've we're a little bit flexible with time, but like we don't have time for a full seven round mocks. We just want the Vikings picks across the seven rounds. All right. Uh. Okay, I, 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 we can do that. Okay. Are you sure? You sound a little hesitant. Yeah. Well, I had the whole thing prepared, and in the past you've let me really just explore the space. But if you want to just go uh, go with the purple, uh, that's fine. There's a lot of good guys that we're going to take. I mean, listen, I'll throw it to Judd and Declan. Do, do, do you want Randy to go through literally 250 picks here, or do you just want the Vikings No, no we don't I believe um, have the time for our that. Fans, our fans are thirsting to know what Randy thinks is going to happen with the Vikings picks. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Randy, we're going to, we're going to give you the floor here, but this, this mock draft by Randy Vikes 69 is presented by one of our new partners here, Judd. Spiral uh, light candles are all the rage when it comes to a potential mother's day gift. Yes. Right. And they, they are a fantastic gift because as you, you just said, Phil mom's day is coming up on May 8th. And you know what, if your wife or your mom, you're thinking, what can I get them? I don't want to get them a cliched gift. I don't want to mm-hmm. come home yeah. with something that's boring. Spiral light candles is 
the answer, and here's the best part, prices start at $14. A wide variety, orders of $50 or more ship for free. SpiralLightCandles.com, SpiralLightCandles.com. The scent will make your house smell fantastic, and mom will love these candles. All right, here it is. Randy Vikes. All right, and also 60, oh. the, the draft, oh. uh, my mock, my Vikings uh, mock, uh, is is sponsored by uh, it uh, is Corona, uh, Corona with Whoa. a loaded shot in the neck that you can get at uh, one of my absolute favorite establishments. Uh, it's Bench Warmers. Uh, bench Warmers is a place where you know that you can go. At, no. Excuse me. Listen, uh, Randy. You can't, you can't you can't just bring that. sponsors to we, our show without us clearing loaded, it. Okay. It's a loaded Corona. You, they, they put uh, a Bacardi Limon in. You take a swig. Then the bartender yeah. comes over. Puts that's great. That's, we did that sound, that sounds that amazing. Before, but yeah, I, it's great. It's refreshing and it's a good. Okay. That sounds very I, I, refreshing. This is a, the whole read got goofed up. Now, now I won't get. How much? Money. How much is this bar paying you to do this? I got a two hundred dollar gift card. <laughs> It's not, that's not a good deal, Randy. Yeah, it's not a great. Deal. That's actually that's I think you probably, probably buy you a lot of those drinks I that you're talking about. I don't get it until I fin- do the play the music. Okay. All right. All right. This is uh. I told you. I told this you is Ray, Randy and Cottage Grove. Sneaky man, trying to sneak those sponsors in. Here is his lot. seven round Vikings mock. We got a lot of needs uh, in this draft. A whole lot of needs, and there's a lot of ways it could fall. But uh, in the past, I've been told and, and, and warned not to do trades, not to get cute, as they say. I think we might trade back out of 12, but if we don't, go ahead and uh, get ready to, to get excited about another weapon for uh, for KOC. Now, pick number 12, we're going to take Jameson Williams, Alabama. Wow. He's a wide receiver. Uh, a lot of people have him graded out in the top half of the top 10. But if he falls, you, you make no mistake. If we don't trade back, we, we ain't going to take a cornerback. We're going to take a weapon and, and look out. Look out. And Adam Thielen, you're going to be third fiddle right out of the gate because this guy can fly. Listen, I don't I don't want to minimize what's happening here because, once again, you know, we may spar here when Randy comes on the show once in a while, but Randy has correctly picked mm-hmm. Mike Hughes as a first-rounder to the Vikings and Justin Jefferson as a first rounder to the Vikings. And then the, uh, the J Rob Janarius Robinson was kind of a bonus. He nailed that one in the later rounds last season. So, you know, when, when you, and, and I will say this too, you had the position correct last year. You had them taking the, it was it the Oklahoma state offensive tackle, but they wound up with Christian Derrissaw. I think you might've even said they'd trade back. So like Randy's radar, when it comes to who the Vikings are going to choose and what they're going to do in the first round is very honed. Oddly. Um, so you've got them taking the Alabama wide receiver, going offense in the first round. He's a stud. Yeah, it and, is. And, and we're going to go offense in the, in the second round, too, because here's a guy who's going to fall. Uh, I think we might even sneak up a touch to try to grab him, but if he falls or we sneak up, you're going to love this guy in a long, for a long time. It's a Tyler Lindenbaum of Iowa. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Okay. He's a body. He's a big body. And if you come out of those first two rounds with Williams and Lindenbaum, let, let's let's uh, let's get snug because it is really it's snug thirty. So you think you think there's a chance Linderbaum could fall into the second round and maybe the Vikings trade up to to snag him and grab a franchise center? Yeah, trade up just a touch, get 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 a just little sniff, sniff of him. You get a sniff of him, you come up three, four, five, six picks, 
that's worth it. Absolutely worth it. And Lindemann, if he if he falls, uh, it's going to be a kick-ass pick. And if he doesn't fall, it's going to be Jaquan Briskers from Penn State. But I better make a decision, so it's going to be Linderbaum. All right. Okay, we'll, we'll note Bris, is it, uh, Jaquan Briskers. We'll, we'll just make a note of him just in case that. We'll give you credit for that one. That when, uh, and finally now in the third round, they're going to uh, give Zim a weapon on, on defense that he uh, – I'm sorry, not Zim. Uh, forget he's gone. Uh we're going to get a finally cornerback there, number 77. It's going to be Marcus Jones from Houston. He's a bit of a project corner, but I do like what we're going to be able to do with him. And, and uh, you know, his tackle factor is, is, is poised to be really off the charts in year one. Yeah, that tackle factor is a big, Football. A big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love a good tackle factor. Me too. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Cruising now to the fifth, if we if, if we don't make a move to get up back up into that fourth round, by the way, there's a lot of absolutely great talent in the fourth round this year. A lot of people that, that, that really shouldn't be hanging around there in the fourth, and, and we might try to sneak up and, and make a pick in the fourth. But if we don't, with Harrison Smith getting a little long in the tooth, got to restock. you got to restock. And what better guy to pop into the cupboard than Tyson Anderson from Toledo? You know, at 156, yep. I think he'd be an absolute steal. Mm. Tyson Anderson is a kind of safety who you can build around while working on his game. I mean, you can put, plug him in right away and know he's got another gear or two or three. I just love the way he plays. Mac legend, right? He's a stud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is a good player. Well, tackle factor's pretty good there. The Toledo, the Toledo tackling factor, mm-hmm. I think that's what they're calling it. The Toledo mm-hmm. tackle factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, keep uh, going. One, uh, 184. Um, it's tricky because I have to keep finding the Vikes because I, of course, do all seven rounds, so i got to scroll down to my Vikes. But at 184, going to get another offensive lineman here, and that's Joshua Ezedudu from North Carolina. Joshua Ezedudu, uh, just a slam dunk. A lot of people have him going in the fourth round. If we can snag him in the sixth, I mean, just go ahead and, and give a nice back pat to, to uh, hmm. Quezzy because that would be an absolute steal. Joshua Ezedudu. North Carolina, mm-hmm. he's a guard at 184. Okay. I'm going to take another project cornerback at 191. Oh. Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. You know, he's a guy, a lot of people are going to scratch their heads and say, why, why would you take him uh, there? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if he falls that far, it's only going to be because of questions about where he played. And, and, and we, can, we can work with that. We can work with that. We want athletes. We want athletes. We want guys. You know, who, who are willing to kind of get in and grind and get dirty and nasty from day one. And Joshua Williams has that attitude. Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the college so shouldn't matter. Where did Jerry Rice played at some small college? Who cares? Right. If, you can, so if you can play, you can play, Randy. At 192, here's another guard. Just going to put a lot of big bodies in the cupboard and see what we can do. And that's Jason Pohl from Mercer. Football. Jason Poe is the kind of guy you can move him around the line a little bit. He's going to be a backup kind of a body, but if you can get some quality play out of a guy, you take at 192, right to the bank. Don't even think twice. He's a great pick at 192. Yeah. And then finally at 250, a lot of people hoped we would have cut cut Cousins loose and, and, and really hit the rebuild and take like a uh, Malik Willis, who I love, early. Well, they didn't decide to do that. doesn't mean they don't want someone other than uh, – you know, Manning in, in the pipeline. 
and and uh, and Kellen Mond, who knows what happened to him? He's in the witness protection program. <laughs> but but we're gonna go ahead and grab a QB here at two fifty. Oh, that's Brock, wow. Brock Purdy from Iowa State. Oh Brock. no, dude, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is the kind of guy who you never know. Brock him, Purdy. Sneak him in the back door, throw a red jersey on him, and stuff him on the practice squad <laughs> for a couple of years. Yes. But Brock Purdy at two fifty could be. The S football, the steal of the draft. Fiesta Bowl wow. MVP last year. Fiesta Bowl MVP. Dude. That was a good game. I don't know if you guys watched it. It was a, oh, yeah. it was a yeah. hell of a Missed, yeah. Brock Purdy is an experience, and I am here for it, baby. I'm here he for it. Experienced. He played it, played, played, had a lot of great games in college. Yeah, he played, uh, let me see here, 48. He started 48 games at Ohio State. And uh, was just was just rock solid. Little little lettuce, as the ladies like to say, on on top, like to kind of grease it down. Yes, sir. You know, maybe he pulls up into to camp in a, you know, kind of a kind of an old Camaro or something. Just doesn't doesn't give a damn. That's the kind of guy you need under center. And and when finally when we finally move off this cousins train, maybe he'll be ready. So that's a that's a a great draft. It's I can post it if you want. It's a great draft, and I'm excited. And 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 uh, once again, the loaded Corona special. All right, uh, okay. good, okay. good job, Randy. Good that was a Randy. great, great, great job. All right. yeah, okay, all right. Trying to sneak his little sponsors in there. Listen, like if you want to, you want to strike a deal with us or something. We can't, you can't just come on here. It's not just no. free for all here. Okay, no. he did the same thing last year or two years back. Yes. He sold. The mock draft and it, some local contentious. bar or something. Yeah, yeah. and it's a yes. great local bar that I've been to numerous times. But you, I mean, you have to you can't just come on here with your own sponsors. Right. No, no, we we, we can bring our own sponsors bring, like Golf Golf USA. Golf bingo. USA, welcome to the Mackie and Judd show. Tell them about Golf USA, Declan. Golf USA in Eden Prairie is celebrating their twentieth anniversary. A huge store wide sale now through Saturday. The best deals under one roof on over 10,000 items. You want a new bag? They just got a shipping of over 100 new bags. How about a new grip? All right, I was I was gripping my clubs on Sunday, and I noticed I'm only a year into these clubs, but they're, they're, they're starting to get a little loose because old Dex Tweets likes to grip the club a little bit too hard. Or, <laughs> well, I'm a little nervous. A little nervous, because when I'm, when I'm on a par three from, from 150 with, with my iron in hand, okay? And a huge selection of clothing and shoes, with some of the best savings you will see all USA, uh, all year, excuse me. Golf USA is locally owned and managed. Stop in today and get the biggest savings of the year. Sales end Saturday. Golf USA in Eden Prairie at the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. Boom. All right. What do you guys make of, listen, I don't want to denigrate our guy Randy, but uh, sometimes he rides the emotional roller coaster and. Maybe his credibility isn't always uh, 100%, but he does put in the mock work. And like I said, he nailed Mike Hughes. He nailed Justin Jefferson. He nailed Janarius Robinson. He's got he's got Jamison Williams going to the Vikings at number 12 or wherever they wind up picking. And then he's got Linderbaum falling yeah. and the Vikings taking advantage. What do you think? So what do you think? The first pick I actually like. Because, I love you. I love and I can't believe idea. I'm going to say this. I like where Randy's head is at with that pick. First time and last time I'll ever say that. Um, Linderbaum, though, he ain't falling. He's going... Uh, sometimes, my, centers, sometimes centers yeah, fall. Yeah, my guess is, though, second the, the second part first round, he's going. Somewhere in the 20s. Most of the mocks I've seen, like the highest he goes is 
you know, like mid to late teens. I didn't and I, and then he's, and then, you know, like late, late first round. But I think what Randy's insinuating is that, cause he said trade, he said they would trade up for Tyler right, Linderbaum. About seven spots. I so still what, think, I think he's gone by then. Yeah. What would it take for them to, like, how, what do they have the, is it the fifth, I'm trying to do the math here, 46th pick, right? In the second round? Yeah. Let's say Tyler Linderbaum. Let's look at let's just for fun here. Let's look at the you, want, you guys want to look at the draft value chart right now. Absolutely. The draft value chart. Hit me. Okay. Hit me. Okay. So let's say he starts to tumble. Let me tell you something. All right. Let's say he tumbles down. For anyone who got that reference, congratulations. Yeah, which means you're old. Let's say he tumbles to like the mid twenties. All right. So. Uh, like like Tennessee Ooh. sitting there at twenty six, their yep. dra- that the draft value on that pick is seven hundred. Yep. The draft value on the forty sixth pick is four forty. So the Vikings would have to find like two hundred fifty or two hundred sixty points in draft value. Yep. And uh, so they they'd have to they'd have to essentially give up their third round pick and then like I don't know like a future fifth or something. Mm-hmm. Future fourth or fifth mm-hmm. to move up from forty six to the mid twenties. Would you do that? Would you give up? Would you create a gaping hole in the third and fourth round this year to assure yourself of Tyler Linderbaum trading back up to get him? I don't think there's any way that these guys, with with how they're going to approach the draft, are going to take a center in the first round. So, like, I don't think that they would. Um, there are also other players at that position available in the draft who they they can take uh the nebraska kid i can't i can't recall his name had a great pro day and i think is projected now is probably a second or third round pick i think that's a lot more likely i don't think crazy i think given how how we think he's going to approach the draft and and again the positional value of players i don't think he's going to see a center as being worth a first round pick yeah i i generally agree with that, um, I think the, you know, the, the the discussion we had yesterday on Purple Daily about go look at the Cleveland Browns history with right. the analytically forward front office going back six drafts, and the first pick for the Browns is always a position of premium value. It's cornerback, quarterback, wide receiver, edge, tackle, offensive tackle. Now, once you get to the second pick or the third pick, even if it's first round, they might they deviate from that a little bit. But they just want to make sure that the first player that we are picking in the draft is one of the five most important positions, which mm-hmm. I had um, a loyal listener yesterday send me a direct message, uh, Danny Carlson. And he said, think about this, too. Like those five positions, quarterback, cornerback, edge, offensive tackle, wide receiver, are also the most expensive positions once those players hit the market. Yeah. So finding a player at that position in the market is you're going to overpay, right? So if you can get great players at those positions and have them on rookie scale contracts, Christian Derrissaw, Justin Jefferson, maybe Cam Dantzler, you know, Derek Stingley Jr., whatever, that's how you build a roster. Like get value at those positions, right. team control, cheap, spend a little extra money if you need to on a non-premium position in free agency, right? So very interesting. Um. I don't know. The mocking's not finished. If you guys want, I, I got, want a mock. Oh, mock. Usually we do. We do. Can we do we it all. Our, our mock. No. Oh, absolutely. We can follow that because fo- Lord Peter King oh. has posted Lord his final mock draft. Oh, my grace. His one and only. Right. 
I, he I think only does one. Only I think does one. Yep. My grace. Well, it says wow. final mock drafts. I don't know. I'm assuming that. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm assuming he only does the one here. So, yeah, it's, it's this year's mock is how he is characterizing. Mm-hmm. And ordinarily, we've been doing all of our mockage, for the most part, over on Purple Daily. So a little, little bonus here for the Mackie and Judd listeners. That's right. Um, to this point on Mock-A-Day, Derek Stingley Jr. has gone eight times to the Vikings. Trent McDuffie, five. Jermaine Johnson, three times. And then Jordan Davis, the tackle from defensive tackle from Georgia once. Kayvon Thibodeau fell once. Wide receiver Chris Olave once, and then we drafted Jamison Williams. But you know what? Let's put uh, let's put Jamison Williams in there twice because our guy Randy and Kyle Dragova also took Jamison Williams. I like it. Peter King has Trayvon Walker going to the Jaguars number one. He has Aiden Hutchinson going to the Lions two. Iki Iquanu to the Texans. Sauce to the Jets. Charles Cross to the Giants. Evan Neal to the Panthers, so just a meat and potatoes fest here. Oh yeah. Oh, that's what this that's what this draft is. Kyle Hamilton to Notre Dame or to uh the Giants from Notre Dame. Okay. Drake London, the first receiver off the board. I love Drake London, man. Yeah. God. <laughs> I don't, I, just don't, I don't think he's gonna be there, but yep. uh Atlanta Falcons, number eight. We got a projected trade. Peter King is projecting a trade here. The Texans trade the 13th overall pick to move up to nine to select Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. So Seahawks move back to 13. Interesting. Hmm. He's got Jamison Williams going to the Jets at 10. So we have a run on receivers here before the Vikings. Now it's if this happens, they're not they're probably not going to take like the fourth receiver with the 12th pick, right? Nope. I would guess that they it. would then move to a different position. I agree. And wow, Chris Olave going to the Commanders at 11. So four receivers off the board. No quarterbacks off the board. I wonder if we're going to get get that run. That's interesting. I I thought that we wouldn't. That that's the, I think this is the first mock that we've done that's projected this type of run on that position. Yeah. Okay, so if this happens, Stingley, I've seen the pick, but but Kayvon Thibodeau's on the board too here. All the quarterbacks are on the board. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Stingley or Kayvon Thibodeau here? Thibodeau. Thibodeau. The quarterbacks are on the board, though, so I think this would be caused. It would probably trade. be a trade, a trade back. I I think this would be caused to probably trade back. I love Kayvon Thibodeau. I would take Stingley here. That's that's who Peter King has the Vikings taking. Yeah, Derek Stingley. I want a mock. Mock. So uh, there are good fits, and there is Stingley in Minnesota, which is a great fit. He's saying where he'd be coached by his old defensive coordinator at LSU. Yep. And he'd be mentored by Patrick Peterson. This is a dream scenario for the Vikings. Stingley's career fell off a cliff after a strong 2019 season, the same way the LSU program fell off a cliff in the last two years of Ed Ogeron. Um, and then he just continues into, uh, here's actually, here's a quote here. Uh, one GM said, I think he was the best NFL prospect in the country as a freshman, and his workout this spring showed a lot of Darrell Revis to me. Here's the thing. PFF now has him as the second best player in the draft. And a lot of these teams, if not all of them, use PFF as a consulting service. Yes. I like if if the consulting and analytical world and even the scouting world thinks that he is one of the two or three best players in the draft, he's not going to be there at 12. Correct. And I don't think and I also don't think that there is going to be a run on receivers as King projected there. 
Um, I think Stingley is gone in the top 10. And because the thing that's going to, I think, alter teams is his pro day was great. Like if he had had a questionable pro day and it's trite, but if his 40 time hadn't been so damn good, I think he probably falls a little bit, but it didn't. So I think he's gone in the top 10. Here's my question, gentlemen. What would you think if the Vikings actually tried to trade up to, let's say, six with Carolina to take Stingley? Wow, dude. Wow, dude. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm wow, not, pa- I'm not passing judgment here. Wait, actually, that. That, that's cause for this one right here. Reckless okay. speculation. So my first question is, what would it cost? And again, I'm just going off the NFL trade value chart. <laughs> and the sixth pick is worth 1,600 points. The Vikings' 12th pick is worth 1,200 points. You'd have to find 400 points. Your 46th pick is worth 440 points. So would you would you do, to move up to six, would you give up your second-round pick and then maybe get like a fifth-round kickback from Carolina? Would you, would you move up six picks and swap your second for a fifth? I personally would not. I no. personally would not, no. but I would be more on board with if if the draft, just for, for the sake of the conversation, falls as King has it, I would be more on board with actually with both quarterbacks there at 12 bailing back with like Pittsburgh. Well, and, and that's the that's the tough part about this is Pittsburgh actually gets the first quarterback and it's Kenny Pickett at 20 in this mock draft. And I don't see Malik Willis anywhere in the first round. He's got Linderbaum at 24 to the Cowboys. I'll be shocked. I, that would oh, shock man. me. I have a. Uh, He's got Matt Matt Corral thirty second to the Falcons. We we can save this for Purple Daily, even a, a, wow. a great tease by the executive producer here. But a listener, oh, you top top notch, sent me a sneaky good mock draft from his mock draft on PFF that has the Vikings trading back, and it's fascinating, and I think it's worth exploring and discussing on Purple Daily. Wow. Okay. Oh, look at that. Look at this guy just teasing Purple Daily mm-hmm. there. Incredible. Like roller coaster. Speculation. Super pumped. Yeah, and please, if you guys are in the area, we would love to hang out with you yeah. at Surly Brewing Company on Thursday night. So I see it. So we're going to be outside in the amphitheater with like a big screen, and we're going to be at live on YouTube. And I see it's going to be like 40 degrees. So That's whatever. Who cares? It's fine. Put on some long underwear, some Chill yeah. Boys long underwear, and, uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, we'd love to, if, if you're, if you're, if you got no plans on draft night, or even if you do, cancel them. Come hang out with us. We're live on YouTube starting at six o'clock. We're going to be there. Cheersing and meeting friends of the show probably at like three thirty four o'clock, just getting mm-hmm. set up. So yeah, come hang out with us and let's see what the Vikings do. I've received be questions fun, too. Fun the, the before I die beer is not all for Judd. It is for everyone. It is not just all for. Yeah. I, I've received the is, is the beer just for Judd? And I was like, it, I mean, Judd will be drinking it, but it is not yeah. just for Judd Zolkan. It's for everyone. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Thursday night's all about sharing. Mm-hmm. It's all about collaboration. We're going to be very intentional with that. Yes, we're going to be intentional in our drinking decisions. Yep. All right, that's a wrap on today's episode. Tomorrow we do have Write That Down predictions. So see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect. Filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers, whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota. 
so little time. 